Hello, friends. Kirk Henderson with Mavs Moneyball After Dark coming to you live on Locker Room after the Mavericks fell to the Pacers 109-94. to In what can best be described as a frustrating game, the Mavericks played an okay offensive half in the first game only to get absolutely torched from three by the Pacers. In the second half, uh, the Mavericks decided they would stop rebounding on defense and gave up 13 offensive rebounds in a single half. And the Pacers buried them after the Mavericks managed to come within four. Uh, The Pacers closed on a pretty preposterous run of their own. Uh, Shout out to Trey Burke for a momentum-murdering turnover. Uh, and, And things were just never really the same after that. It was a... Frustrating game for a variety of reasons. Uh, very few free throws for the Mavericks. Uh, TJ McConnell exists, uh, which is is very you know painful at times. Um, he he absolutely hounded you know Brunson and the other Mavericks ball handlers. Uh, there you know that he's just the kind of. I mean, he's just. A, I hate to use this. I feel terrible for saying it, but I'm going to. He's a gritty player. And just beat the crap out of out of Brunson, out of whoever he was guarding all night long. He was in their space, making them uncomfortable. It was very, you know, something to watch. The the Pacers have obviously kind of front court designed to uh, frustrate a guy like KP, who, you know, he had a really solid rebounding game, eighteen points, he <clears throat> eighteen boards, excuse me, seven on the offensive end. He had thirty one points on uh, twelve of twenty eight from the floor. Um, I don't know how to explain this to anyone, but 12 of 28 is bad. And let's just, let's just agree. I don't want to hear that. It's not bad. It is bad. Uh, Lucas had games like that too, but you know, it's, it's, it's tough uh, when the rest of the team proceeds to, to turn the ball over and then shoot as poorly as, you know, like uh, Josh Richardson had uh, just a dog, dog crap game really frustrating game watching him shoot ugly shots that then you know ricochet around like pinball it's just it's it's just a painful painful game uh this is one where Luka Doncic sat for back tightness also known as rest um I don't know who these Mavericks think they are at the moment because we're going to look back on these games I feel like the Mavericks are now 0-3 in non-Luka games and we're going to look back at these three games they've lost as winnable games, and they're going to matter in the standings. I understand Luka needs his rest too, but if the Mavericks cannot at once be a top six team in the West and have Luka Doncic sit. So that's that's sort of where I am at the moment. All right, so I'm going to start bringing folks up on stage. Uh, Brandon was the first one to request, so let's see what's going on. Brandon, how are we doing? Hey, I'm doing pretty good. Can you hear me? I can. You sound great. Oh, thank you. I feel horrible. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. It's not funny. No, no, no. It's just the game. Um, I'm sure I speak for most everybody Everybody here that I am just so pissed at the arrogance of this team to sit Luka in, I mean, when we're trying to climb up the standings right now, I mean, what, a game or two back behind Portland and Denver, you know, the Lakers might be in a free fall, and... I mean, Indiana, like, I know their record's probably worse than they are as a team, but they're a solid team, you yeah. know? And, I mean, he he's 22. He barely played against Portland on Sunday. Two days of rest. Didn't play a ton against Minnesota. Like, I, I'm just so, so unbelievably frustrated that we think that we're good enough just to beat teams without, 
the guy who literally carries us every single game. Well, I mean, you you know, you know, I'm there with you because I don't particularly understand what's happening. I, I just because I don't want to do, you know, I, I want to skirt the line. Like friend friend of of the show, um, locked on Mavs host Nick Angstad got like online murdered for suggesting that that the Mavericks, you know, know what they're doing. I still have to believe that this is for you know Luca's health because he has carried a big minutes load but he looked awful against Minnesota and also didn't play that much so i i i bet they had to he was pissed that he didn't play secondarily if you're going to play a game why would you not want to if you're going to sort of like quasi i don't want to say tank but if you're just going to you say okay this is one we're not super concerned about why not do it against the game that doesn't feature Zion Williamson who went 16 of 19 from the floor tonight, who is an absolute wrecking ball and the Mavericks can't stop. They cannot stop him. So tomorrow night's going to stink too, but I, I absolutely feel your frustration with this. I, I, I appreciate it. I have about nine people that want to come up on stage. So Brandon, you got anything else for me before I uh, move to the next folk? Uh, nothing much, but, uh, yeah, I mean, you're right. 12 of 28, uh, that's not going to get it done. <laughs> and, I mean, like, like, let me backtrack on this. Cause Ryan in the chat, I argue about this with him all the time. Porzingis is signed to do a thing. He does that thing mostly very well. They expect him to, to cause problems in ways that aren't related to his scoring. And he really, when Luca and here on, it's great. It's just, I'm probably being too critical but at the same time, it's still very frustrating. It's just frustrating because, guys, he's never – he's just not an efficient player. And and then maybe that's on me for, for, for wanting to, him to be. I, I do want him to get to the line more. We, we've got to understand that. Like, his free throw rate is approaching absolute emergency levels of bad for how many shots he takes. Um, mm-hmm. It's it, – that, that sort of stinks. But he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a good player. I'm not fair to him. So we'll, we'll, we'll figure this out though. All right. I'm going to bring on, thanks for coming up. Um, I'm going to bring on house Mavericks also known as Tim Yeager. Tim, what's happening? What's up, man. Hey, if, uh, if, if 12 of 28 is bad, four of 14 is just trash. Much worse, uh, much worse. I, I, I Josh, just have different levels of expectation. <laughs> absolutely. No, I, I know that was just my segue. Josh Richardson played really bad tonight. It was, I remember when we traded for him, um, just looking more into his game. He had he had a solid mid-range game, um, and also it felt like he could create a little bit. But tonight, man, anytime he dribbled and tried to create, um, he had three turnovers, which isn't you know terrible. But it just seemed like all of his passes got deflected. It didn't seem um like his creation wasn't it just yeah it killed us it was really tough and then the shot making obviously two of seven from three uh which is about what he's been doing um but just the mid-range game wasn't there the stuff around the rim wasn't there um tough 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 and so when he's playing bad no luca obviously um that's it just can't can't do it when your role players of richardson brunson finney smith are struggling um kleber uh kleba struggling so tough night I, I, yeah, and, and, uh, this is just one where I wasn't going to get mad. I'm not going to get mad. Are we mad? No, we shouldn't be mad. We should be mad later. 
I should go to bed is what I should do. But it, it's it's just the the you know I wonder if I would be this way if if I hadn't read the stuff before game about Donnie Nelson and the Mavericks not knowing that Reddick was hurt. I I I wonder if if like because all these things are in my head all at once where you know you, you compile things on top of one another where Lucas sitting and you're like oh we traded the body for JJ Reddick who apparently is is you know dealing with various injuries and we don't know how much we're gonna get out of him I don't know I I'm I'm likely being unfair I I it's it's no just one... I don't you're not being unfair today was tough I, I mean I I didn't I didn't tweet anything about Donnie Nelson's pregame presser, but it was depressing, man. There was nothing exciting about that. And a lot of that could have been left out. I don't know why he chose that moment to be honest, but in a really negative way that kind of looked bad. Um, We get off, you know, being excited for transactions. I mean, everyone wanted to trade just to have a trade. Um, But then we kind of talk ourselves into JJ Reddick of saying, hey, man, he will be able to create more space on offense. He'll be able to knock down shots. Uh, We can close games with him knowing that we got five shooters on the court. Like it's going to be really fun. It could be really beneficial. And then it goes to say, ah, yeah, he, you know, obviously we knew he wanted to go to Brooklyn. That's not the big deal, but uh, we don't know what he'll, if he'll be available. And then Mark Stein says, yeah, the Mavs didn't even look into his injury, which, you know, I don't know if that's true or not, but Mark, it seems to be one of the most credible Mavs sources out there. And that just seems crazy. Um, yeah. And so you go from that to, you know, we knew sitting Luca was going to happen before that, but yeah, the whole idea of sitting Luca versus very winnable games, this one, and then the Thunder one, and then you said there's one other one. I can't remember what it is, but you sit them versus these teams that we should beat and probably could beat with him playing, you know, 30 minutes tops. Um, and then, yeah, you got a second night of a back-to-back, of course, but it's weird to sit him on the first night and not the second night, especially when the second night is New Orleans. And it's not like it's a tiebreaker thing. We're already like six games ahead of them in the standings. Yeah, um, so I, I I don't know what the excuse is. It just feels like they're getting cute with thinking ahead to the playoffs, and it's like, folks, got to get there first. Got to get there first. I I don't know. I don't know. Well, all right. I want Tim. I want you to hang up on stage here, but I'm going to go in order. I got like nine people that would like to come up and either tell me to pound sand as our friend Akil is doing in the chat. Or uh, Christian, who I know will also probably do so, but but uh, probably more politely. Christian, what's happening? Hey, what's up, fellas? How you guys doing? Oh, you know, having a having a great time uh, being mad about bad sports. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I think it's r- like just an arrogance of this front office, like you've been saying, like this team. Like, especially now without, you know, JJ available and stuff, we have, like, six players that are NBA players. I cannot stand, like, to be 100 Hold on. I got to stop you because this is relevant to something that just happened in the chat. Carlisle on Doncic's absence. This is per per Rye who's in the chat. We had enough enough talent and available guys to win this game tonight. We just didn't execute. That plays into what you're talking about. So, go ahead. My God. No, like, did we? (laughs) And I'll give the rookies an excuse, but the thing is, Carlisle doesn't play him. So you can't say we had enough good guys and then not play him when you're given Trey Burke significant. To be 100% honest, I'd be absolutely okay if we just let him go and brought in Shabazz Napier off the street 
And I think he could do the job much more effectively than he can, uh, than Trey Burke can. Like, he is just beyond frustrating. Josh, you know, turning the ball over every time he touched it. Um, You know, Jalen's been off, it seems, since the All-Star break. He's been kind of up and down. But, I mean, when you, as a front office, sit there and rest Luca on games like this, and in all likelihood, KP won't play tomorrow. Right. But when you do things like that, you better have been good enough, whether it be the offseason and free agency or swinging deals, to where you have the players that can win a winnable game. Like, anybody that watches this team even someone that doesn't watch it and could just watch the game, like we do not have more than six players. And, you know, there's question marks with the rookies that are NBA players that can play 20 plus minutes. And, you know, I wasn't, I think like five of those uh, KP misses were those putbacks that he just seemingly couldn't get in. But I mean, there was just nobody that could do anything. Like I, I just, it's kind of, you know, at a loss for words. And to be 100% honest, I'd rather rest Luca on a game that it looks like we're going to lose um, or, you know, at least a significant disadvantage. Like that last OKC game, that should be a win. If Luca plays tonight, I feel like, and who knows? I mean, I thought the officiating was rather poor as well. but Real bad. I just, you know, they we really think we're better than we are. And they are going to put themselves in a position to where, you know, imagine if whatever happens, we continue like this and the Lakers fall down to the seventh, eighth seed. And then, you know, the Warriors start getting on a streak as a ninth seed. Like there's just so many scenarios and it seems like they're just counting on, you know, getting to the sixth seed or we're better than, anyone in this kind of playing tournament will win for sure. I just, it, it's. Yeah. And I feel that, and, but that's why we're here. And, and that's why, you know, we might just have to kick Josh Bo to the curb once he comes back from this, because I don't know about you guys, but I kind of feel better about these after doing them. Like, you know, I don't, it, it's fun. All right. I've, I'm going to bring on a couple more people. I appreciate your, appreciate your thoughts here, Christian. Um, and maybe come back up a little bit later if we're still hanging out. All right, up next, I'm going to bring on Matt Phillips, who's been waiting patiently. Matt, what's going on? I'm pretty good. Uh, I've never talked on this, so I'm hoping everything goes through right. You sound great. Okay, so the problem that we have is not just that we think we're better than we are, it's that we think we're smarter than we are. Ooh, yes. and, when we, and when we think we're so smart, it makes us to where we don't, we don't consider the possibility that we're wrong. And if you think of it from the Mavs Moneyball perspective, like the commentator Pete West is super smart, obviously. Like I'm not comparing him to Carlisle or anything, but he's super smart. But because of that, he's also not open to the idea that he's ever wrong. And that's where we end up as a team. I, it's, it's really easy to get to that point, too. Uh, I have had my fair share of discussions with Pete, so I do know what you're talking about. Um, the, the, the Mavericks are the same way, and the way that they feed out into the media uh, is starting to make me a crazy person because with those Carlisle quotes, with Donnie before the game, with these sorts of things, 
you, how much, you know, how wet does my leg need to get from people pissing on it for me to not know that, that it isn't raining? Like, this is just, ah, I feel you, though. This is, it's, so, it's, it's, it's tough. And so, like, the thing with that is, so obviously we play the Pelicans tomorrow, and I believe they played today and Zion went off. I'm pretty sure Zion's going to play against us tomorrow. And it's never going to occur to us that, hey, not every team in the league decides they have to throw at least one of the back-to-back games. <laughs> I like that. That's true. Uh, uh, but it, it, it's – I talked a little bit about – I was tweeting a little bit about cognitive dissonance tonight where I'm not I, – I just – I feel like that there's a bit of a, a – I'm trying to think how to phrase this delicately. There's, there's got to be some miscommunication going on between what, what Mike Fisher always refers to as the Dallas Brain Trust, where the front office is doing one thing, the coaching staff is doing another. Because if you're going to, you know, once again, we see Josh Green for like four minutes. And, you know, then I just, you can't keep throwing, you know, quasi throwing games while not giving minutes to the younger guys. There's just so much weird stuff that goes on. And here's the real stupid thing. The Mavericks are 14 of their last 20, I believe. So, like, we come in here after every one of these losses, like the world is ending. And because I believe Luka Doncic is awesome, I fully expect the Mavericks to win tonight. I, you know, the the Pelicans are a, they, they make our, like, train wreckery look you know, kind of, you know, very full of, 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 you know, sense. Like we know what we're doing because the Pelicans just can't do the same thing. They, they are just as, as wild as the Mavericks are and somehow worse with some of the things they have going on. So I don't know, but I, I agree with you on a big picture level because this is, is just, it's very frustrating to me as well. And I'm glad people are kind of coming. I've been here. This is where I've existed as a fan since 2013. And for a real long time, everybody tells me I'm an asshole. Let's make no mistake. I am an asshole. That doesn't make me wrong. And this has been very frustrating to deal with. And I mean, so, yeah, yeah, Matt, what what you're saying is completely fair. Um, But at the same time, I think, like you just said, Kirk, we're 14 of the last 20. Uh, We have showed a lot of promise, especially in these last 15 games. I think we're like net number three team in both offensive and defensive efficiency, which obviously didn't show up tonight. But we're in a good spot. Like, no one from behind in the standings is really going – is a threat to catch us besides maybe Memphis if Jaron Jackson comes back and they look much, much better. I mean, they're only, I think, like a game and a half, maybe two games behind us. But the the, the weird thing about where we're sitting at is that we're not really going to catch Denver and Portland. I would argue they got better at the deadline, and they keep winning. Um, they've won a few games in a row. The only team that might fall from what it looks like right now is the Lakers, which is super interesting. But um, I mean, we're in a, we're in we're in a good spot playoff wise, I would say, and we're confident because we have Luca. But we're also confident because the team has looked good post COVID, um, oh. and it's 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 starting to to look like things are promising without much of a threat of teams chasing us from behind in the standings. If that. Yeah, oh, I completely agree with that. I think we look fantastic right now. Since KP's gotten back to where he can move, and since, I mean, Richardson played well with Luka recently, I mean, the problem is that for games like tonight is the team is built for Luka to take up so much of the usage and to create so much for everyone else that when he's not there, it's just we don't create shots for other players that need shots created for them. Like, that's not KP's game. KP... I mean, while he wasn't efficient tonight and everything, I mean, he still he had a huge rebounding game. I mean, a lot of those were the shots that he missed, but he played reasonably well. It's just that's he's not going to be a guy that creates for other people. 
he is meant to be a complimentary piece as is everything else. And yeah. when you have all complimentary pieces and you don't have what they complement, you look really bad. I, I agree. He's looked so much better on defense that it makes me bitching about the offense really nitpicky. Um, he, some of the, some of the plays that I've watched him make the past two games, he just, he, he looks great on that end. And it, and it's, it, I, I wish he'd challenge a three point shot every now and again, but you know, beggars can't be choosers. Um, and, and, you know, if we're, if we're being honest, the three point shooting was really the difference tonight. And, and I've seen enough advanced stats and asked enough people way smarter than me. Three point defense is so random. There's not much you can do other than not give up wide open shots. And I, you know, Doug McDermott's a good shooter. You know, Malcolm Brogdon's a good shooter. They're like the Mavericks were right there. That one over uh, Dwight Powell right at the very end, like really felt like just stabbing me in the yeah. heart because he was there and it just went in. You know, so I I don't know. The one thing I will add, and then I'll leave and let somebody else talk, is uh, on the Malcolm Brogdon thing. Yeah, it's too bad that guy wasn't available for somebody <laughs> to go get him recently. You know, it's a good thing we saved that cap room. It's terrible if we're spending on someone like him. Uh, I know. I know, Matt. You're right. Thanks for hanging out. I'm going to see who's up on stage here next. Um. All right, Jay. Jay, Jay. what's going on? Hey, what's up, Kirk? How's it going, man? I'm glad to have you. What can I do for you tonight? Uh, I mean, I, I think whoever was speaking before this was, was pretty good and kind of like calmed me down a bit, but I, I do have a bit of a rant uh, to go on. I think some people have kind of covered it um, already, but it, it's just sort of like, I don't know. I, I feel like the, the Mavs, like, you know, like people said, think that they're smarter than everyone. And I feel like their identity as a franchise has just sort of become like them trying to outsmart the competition by like, making it way harder than they need to be to like field a good team or whatever. And then, and then like, of course the press conference today from Donnie Nelson making it seem like we have no clue when JJ Redick is going to report to the team or, you know, whether he even wants to be here. And it's like, and then they're telling us constantly like, Oh, Luca's going to attract all these guys, but it's like, how, how is he going to attract anyone if they're, if they're not showing improvement year to year, like I, I think at this point it's hard to imagine them getting out of this seven, you know, eight seed range and getting into the sixth and fifth seed. So it's like, I, I don't know what, what, maybe I'm just, I don't know. Like what's the direction here, you know? I had myself muted and then my phone went to, uh, to, to I'm supposed to be in bed now and it's shaming me. Um, <laughs> I, it, it's, it's, it's a lot. And I think, you know, these, these help give me a more level head and, and our, our Mavs Moneyball Slack is talking about that right now where it's, it's not the end of the world where we will be frustrated and, and rightfully so if it happens, if we get to the end of the season and the Mavs have to play in a play-in instead of getting a series of, of days of rest. So, so it's, we'll see. They, they deserve, they deserve leeway big picture through, through the, through free agency. Um, they had a plan. It didn't work. They're going to a different plan. What yesterday I talked about this in the, in the, the locker room we did, uh, probably an hour before the trade deadline, it getting hung up about not making a move during, um, the trade deadline, trade deadline moves just aren't historically. There's just not a lot of like home run swings. It's, it's free agency. And so it's, it's some of this stuff is compounding though, where it feels you know, you watch a loss like this after, you know, the fact is they just got through a five-game stretch where they won and, and you know, they split two series and we felt pretty good. 
So it's just like a loss like this against a team that is not as bad as their record. I can't remember. I think Matt might have said that earlier. That was that was they're not as bad, and and the Mavericks just need to sort of respect the process a little more. I don't know if they will though, because I don't know if they can. You know, like like people are pointing out to me on Twitter that Luca really can't shouldn't play as much. You know, do we want to grind him to a pulp? And the answer is, of course not. Of course not. But if if you have to rest him then you need to have the roster that has the talent to make up for it. And yeah. It <laughs> that, that's, that's kind of my point. And also another like just source of frustration is like, they've been really good over the past like month and a half to two months, basically, you know, since they lost that, that Warriors game, they've been, they've been good, but it, it's like pretty frustrating that like, despite this hot streak that they're on, they're kind of stunting like any chance that they have to see like how much better could they be? Like, could they actually make a run at the sixth seed or the fifth seed and show like, guys that are going to be free agents or are going to be traded that like this is a place that you could play because they're on the rise but you know now they're going to be probably a seven seed and pretty much be around the same level as we got plenty of time we do yeah, we let, got plenty let, of time let me, yeah, let me say this so like someone mentioned that like you can't get free agents with a perennial like seven seed um man it it, it just depends like we just saw the suns attract a free agent over the Mavericks. Um, and, and, you know, Jay Crowder doesn't push the needle to a certain like extreme degree, but like he chose Phoenix over the Mavs and they didn't make the playoffs last year. Um, Chris Paul, like there's, there's I lots that, of that's true. <laughs> the NBA players know how good Luca is. Like that's yeah. no surprise. And they, they they're going to understand the roster this year is so like moving up the standings sounds great and it's what you want to do but at the end of the day like if you look at the west standings with how and no one knows how things are going to shake out but like how many teams in say we do finish seven or eight or six like do we feel confident with a healthy team in a seven game series versus phoenix like how confident would you feel like how many teams in the west would you say oh we would 100 percent like just no confidence lose in six or less games. Yeah, I mean, I is think it it's just the Lakers? Is it Phoenix? Is it Utah? Do we not feel confident against any of those three teams? Like, I, maybe I'm just you know putting my Ted Lasso hat on. Like, <laughs> with a healthy Luca, healthy KP, healthy roster. Like from what we saw last year to this year just if we got our full roster and it's playing i'm feeling pretty confident in a seven game series against almost anybody if it's a healthy lebron and anthony davis i'm not going to be as confident but you if we're a seven seed and we end up playing phoenix in the first round home court maybe there's fans back by that time who knows but i'm not going to feel too i'm not going to have a lack of confidence going into a seven game series versus the phoenix suns um, I agree. With and you. May, may, yeah, maybe, too. yeah, maybe I'm just overly optimistic. I don't know, <laughs> but like we're, and that's where people in the chat were saying earlier, like, oh, you're in a good spot. You don't want to be in the the playing game. Of course you don't. But if we're you know if we're gonna play a Spurs, a Warrior, like Warriors, a little scary just because Steph could go a wall any night. But I don't know, man. It's just it's just a weird year. I think we have to understand that. We got to be okay with that. It's a condensed schedule. Of course, we're gonna sit some people. Maybe other teams aren't doing it, but maybe it works out for us in the long run. I have no idea. So I don't know. It's uh, I'm 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 one of the optimistic ones on this Mavs Moneyball team, and I'm you okay are. with that. We need you. But that that's just like it's frustrating in the moment. Absolutely, like losing to the Thunder a few weeks ago sucks. Losing tonight, it's frustrating. But in the long term, I'm I'm not going to get too worked. 
Yeah, me either. All right, Jay, I'm yeah. going to see if I can bring somebody else up on. Yeah. Thank you for Thanks. coming up and hanging out. Thanks, Kurt. All right, the next guy, we got old friend of the show, Brian Zillum. What's happening? Brian, you got me on mute. Come on, you're the one with the green check mark. Uh, uh, you're the fancy one. <laughs> What's happening here? My apologies, man. I'm teasing. Uh, uh, well, I'm going to try to be – I'm going to try to take my uh, pain and leverage that as humor, if if you will. That's so, all uh, I ever do. Well, yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> that's all you can really do at this point. So, while I was watching the game, I was in the uh, the Mark Stein room, and can I uh, share some uh, feedback he had for the Mavericks room? Okay, so – Apparently, according to Mr. Mark Stein, the Mavericks were really interested in George Hill, believe it or not. So I believe the haul the Sixers got for our – it was like four second-round picks. Essentially, it was like three second-round picks for George Hill. So interesting tidbit there. And, of course, there was a fan that asked uh, Mark Stein about Andre Drummond. And he – Mark, you know, in the very nicest of ways, he said – Drummond uh, would not have the Mavericks on his top tier of list. He would be the Mavericks would be near the bottom, and I presented that to everyone on social media. It would be, of course, like a higher tier of Knicks, Boston, uh, Nets, teams in the middle, the rest of the NBA, and the Mavericks. So, FYI, Andre Drummond is not coming to Dallas. So stop oh, yeah. putting that out there. So, no, I'm, I'm, Andre yeah. also, you know, Andre yeah. Drummond is is not gonna help like. He might help a team that's better than this. He can't help this team that has problems that stem well beyond the need just for rebounding. Yeah, the uh, the George Hill angle is interesting, though. I I was advocating for George Hill a little bit. I kind of feel like, well, maybe it's because also I have PTSD from George Hill always killing the Mavericks. So maybe I'm just like, maybe you should be on a roster so that way you won't torch us in a playoff game. I mean, look, if if any team that needs a piece to make the playoffs, like, it, it, it's a, just a different ball game. It's a different level of quality of player. You're needing to fix problems that aren't – like, the Nuggets trading for Aaron Gordon accentuate the fact that they're a top-four team. Adds to what they need. If the Mavericks need a ball handler like George Hill, it means Brunson is not doing the job. It means Trey Burke is not doing the job. Uh, note, Trey Burke is literally not doing the job. I need less Trey Burke in my life. The, it's it's these sorts of things where, where the, the team building from before this, you can't, you, you can add to your, to your roster to make some depth moves, but it's kind of why like the Lakers didn't make any trades. You know, the, uh, their fans are super mad about this, but w- only the only trades they're really making are going to be patching holes for the short term. They don't fix long-term sort of systemic problems related to the talent around the team. The Mavericks are a very similar place. So, so I, you know, I'm glad they at least moved to a different contract, but I don't really see what's a move like that. Does it, does it move the needle? Um, I mean, maybe the, at best. So it's, it's, you know, that, that kind of is what it is, but, but what else you got for us? Well, I was going to say, is anybody going to be disappointed that the Mavericks didn't move Brunson when his stock was semi-high? If he keeps on going down this path of playing like ass. Uh, he'll figure it out. He, I, I, I just need to talk shit about him um, during games, which seem to, seems to fuel his fire. Whenever I am specifically mean about Brunson, then he goes bananas. And, you know, that's for the good of the order. I'll take that. I told everybody earlier, I want KP to be really good. So you can go find all my old tweets and yell at me for months. Like that's, that's kind of the, that's kind of the goal. Um, um, but yeah, you know, I don't know. 
All right. So, Brian, if you don't mind, I'm going to bring on some other folks up. But uh, why don't you hang out here for a little while since you're uh, better at this than I am? Uh, all right. Jack, you have been patiently waiting. Thanks for coming and joining us. Oh, for sure. Uh, how's everybody doing? Better now. Um, I wanted to talk about something that uh, you guys always say, like, on the podcast, that, you know, basketball, in a lot of ways, is a simple game. And you know, one of the most fundamental simple skills that a basketball player can have is the ability to pass the ball. And not pass and... it to TJ McConnell. Correct. And the Mavs are not good at passing the ball. Uh, outside of Luka, they really don't have anybody that is a good passer. I mean, look, they're 26th in the NBA in assists per game, and Luka averages that's nine. A, that's a and, good stat. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, I know assists aren't like, you know, the, the end-all, be-all when it comes to judging how good a team is at passing. But, I mean, the show tonight, I mean, you got nobody that can run the offense. Like, Brunson isn't a point guard. You know, Burke is definitely not a point guard. And – you don't have that guy and you're, you're just asking Luca when he's in to just carry the weight of the world on his shoulders and the playoffs is just not going to work over a long playoff run. You just can't do it. You need somebody to be a secondary playmaker. And so to me, that's just like by far the biggest hole on the roster. That's probably the George Hill argument that the Mavericks were sort of thinking about. And I think that's, that's pretty insightful. I, I think that, that the Mavericks are also going to have to get through to, to, to Luca at some point about the need for that because he handles the ball more than anybody else. He has the ball like something like nine and a half minutes a game. It, it, it's pretty crazy when you see the totals compared to, and he leads by like a wide margin, not only like on a per play possession, but like just total amount of possession, like in a football game. And when he's off the ball, he doesn't do very much, which is a little disappointing for me. Like they'll do some like really cool, cute post-up type stuff for him. Um, but not near, there's not a lot of off ball movement from him in a way that I think like, he's just so smart. I, they, they have to leverage that. I think eventually rebounding is a team stat. So, so I, I think the Mavericks do need to get a hold of their rebounding, but I would love to see them get a secondary ball handler. That's something that, that I'm very, very into because it's the, the, what the, the dude from the office that I always tweet out where it's like, like the Stanley gif, like the Mavs just have like six dudes on the floor that dribble looking down and it really hurts me. So I, I, I think that's a, that's a really good point and something that, that may haunt them <laughs> as the year goes along. Um, what else you got? I mean, not much that already hasn't been said, you know what I mean? Like the Luca, the Luca being out stuff, you know, I mean, it doesn't, I'm kind of over it. Like, I mean, like like we discussed, like the wear and tear on him, the the amount of minutes he's playing, you know, maybe his back really is bothering him. You know, people have been saying like they've seen him wearing a brace. You know, it's like if if you're gonna hold him out of a back to back, I mean, just the rest of the roster just has to be better. Like we don't have the guys that can do it. And you know, KP, like like you said, like he had a great game, but his efficiency wasn't very good, and he just can't really be the focal point of an offense. And you know today's NBA and just kind of showing that and so until we get some more players that can do that then I just don't know how far we can go well uh, I, I appreciate you coming on I think that's a good point I, I do want to, to mention something about KP and efficiency where uh, my my friend Jared Dubin of, of 538 told me in a DM today that he thinks that Redick if Redick plays will actually be very helpful for Porzingis because of the kind of dribble handoff action um, that that he's really good. Like that, they, they, they would both benefit from in ways 
that I, I sort of want to see like drawn up physically because sometimes I have a hard time envisioning play motion in my head without actually seeing it like written down. But I, I like that kind of thought just because both of them like like are such like Porzingis is a smart basketball player that like if if you've ever heard some of the post game stuff doesn't get shared because it's not soundbite worthy. But he can walk you through his mindset of why he does stuff in a way that a lot of basketball players is instinctual. He's a really cerebral guy, almost to the point where you can tell it's like like. Christy, you know, he, he, ex, it's like he's a robot executing a, a program where you can see, all right, if I, if I, you know, power step here, I need to spin back this way. It kind of drives me nuts. Um, but yeah, thank you for coming up on stage. I'm going to try to get to a bunch of people because we've already been, uh, up here for 35 minutes and I'm going to go get my COVID shot tomorrow, but I have to drive like halfway across the state of Virginia. So I'm going to, we're going to do some quick hits. So, Gabriel, what's happening? Gabriel, hey, what's how you up, doing? guys? Thanks for joining us. Can you us. hear me? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so I got a doomsday take to you all. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if the Mavs come out of the, the, the next offseason with both Richardson and THJ re-signed, Luka isn't winning a championship with these bums. <laughs> that's a reasonable take. I don't think that's, like, hot or infuriating. I like it. I just, like, I should that's tweet funny. that right now. Just to just to get everybody mad at me, Gabe. That's a great. I like it. I'm. I'm. You. You get a. You get a, a gold star for that one. I. I <laughs> um. What else though? Is there anything else? That, that's yeah. On your for, mind? For, for all the 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 scoring, the the that THJ has the microwave scoring. His defense is awful. Awful. Unless he's taking so a charge, bad. he might as well be like like a saloon door, like flopping back and forth. He is so bad. <laughs> he's incredible. like he's like in, in my opinion, he's like a guard white power. <laughs> wow. I like man, Gabe, Gabe coming Gabriel coming with Gabriel. the fire. This is great content. <laughs> he's got some awesome tweetable quotes. <laughs> Thank you, Gabriel. <laughs> Thank you, Gabriel. Thanks, guys. Uh, yeah, thanks for joining us. All right, let's see who else we got. Ah, my man yeah, that, Saeed. What's happening? Hey, Kirk. Uh, thanks for doing this again. If I could just rage just for a little bit. Um, I was okay, like, at the end of this game. I kind of expected it, sitting Luca out. But that comment by Rick, like, why, why do you have to make that comment? You could have said something about the next man who needs to step up or anything other than the fact that saying that this team is talented enough to beat this, to beat the Pacers team, which – to me, makes no sense whatsoever. Uh, whether it's Sabonis and I would say Sabonis and KP are about equally talented, and then afterward, and after that, they still have Brogdon, Levert, and Turner until you get to I guess our next player. Um, and for some, or to me, just seems like a big fu to any Mavs fan with, for lack of better terms, has eyes and actually can watch the game. Um, I didn't really see a reason to make that comment, and I know Rick's Rick, but come on, just why, why do that? So let me uh, let me give you let me play devil's advocate, knowing how how just borderline cruel he can be. He he's talking trash at his players when he says something like that. He's implying that they stink. <laughs> like there's some reverse psychology at play going on there, where it's like. Oh, you should have. You're good enough to play, but you just got waxed, and and you know, I there's something to it. But we've you know kind of hit on the high points when there's just not the ball handling. It's it's just not gonna be 
what they think. And, you know, it's a long season. There's too many games too close together. Sometimes it's just, you know, the, the, that two-day break that we just experienced prior, is that's just not going to happen. Uh, or like that we had earlier in the week. I, I think that might be the last time that we really get a day off where my where my wife doesn't look at me and say a Mavericks game again. Um, it, it, it's this is some of this. I think we're just going to have to let roll off. Um, you know, the, those of us who are like willing to use our Friday nights to talk about basketball on an internet app are obviously the weird ones. Um, so you know, uh, it. I do get why it made you mad, but I've just heard him say such ridiculous stuff. That at this point they almost it almost kind of makes me laugh. Like like I I have to adopt um, more of what what Tim talks about in terms of just taking the long view. But you know, little things it's 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 understandable to to get grumpy with it. I get it. And uh, it's yeah, also coach. I, it's also coach <laughs> speak. Like I mean, if 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 what Kirk said is correct, then this doesn't really apply. But I mean, you're not going to say like, yeah, our guys were, you know, really bad out there. Like they need a, uh, I don't know. He's just not going to, especially to the media. Like we don't know mm-hmm. what he says in the locker room. He's probably drilling them in the locker room um, or wa- when they watch film or whatever. But uh, to the media, man, they don't care about the media sessions. They, they're they not going to give you anything. Uh, some of these quotes are just, just getting by with the questions that, mm-hmm. and, you know, I, I think it's just coach speak. It's coach he- talk. He showed up 25 minutes late to the like league mandated Zoom time. Time that man does not care what anybody says. He just he just tries to get through. Yeah, um, but yeah, I, I, I get that. I get that. That's understandable. And I, I guess I guess to t- maybe take it up a little like a, a, to another tier. I kind of felt like he also might have been speaking to the front office um, in terms of just the players that he has to that he has as disposal um, where. Clearly, if the front office thinks that they're supposed to be good enough to win without Luca, um, and this is the showing that that's put out, maybe that'll light a fire under them in the off season. I think I really do think there's something to it. Um, all right, so we got a few more people that I want to get up because I, you know, and, unless with these rooms start like blowing up to like like the Warriors fans, man, those guys are mad at stuff. I've joined some of their post game locker rooms, and there's like three and four hundred people all wanting to eject Steve Kerr into orbit. So, you know, we're all kind of polite uh, uh, in, 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 uh, in comparison. So, all right, the next guy I got is uh, old friend Don Denham. Don, what's going on? What is up, Kirk? Thank you for having me on. I think all of you guys got this wrong, okay? Carlisle Ooh. is doing a Belichick-esque. He's putting out all the wrong tape ahead of facing Zion. That's all like he's having Josh Richardson play only with his left hand. Um, he's got uh, KP being the centerfold of the offense. You got James Brunson or uh, Jalen Brunson. That's now called James. Apparently yeah, his name I is think. his name is James when he's bad. I like this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're, we're renaming him once he uh, plays as poorly as he has. Uh, I think like, let's just not give them any Luca tape whatsoever. I love it. It's a great strategy. Let's not <laughs> let's rest him on a back to back. To face Zion, because if there's anyone that's comparable to Zion, uh, for certain, it is definitely uh, Goga Biatz. I don't know how to say his name either. (laughs) That dude kind of rules. I like love watching him just like slam around like he like he's a bull. Uh, Very solid measury vibes to that guy. Um, So what I think is interesting, though, is that everyone's talking about like 
or that they're putting down the Luca rest. I think this is the perfect season to be putting him on rest because if we're going to have a play-in game tournament for the playoffs, we're not going to be a home court advantage. And there's, that's actually not really an advantage this season. I mean, like, let's say that we have fa- – I mean, are we going to have fans this season? I don't think so. I mean, like, it's going to be limited fans and we're pro- – I mean – are we going to do a bubble this year for the playoffs? I don't really know. So if, if basically the difference between you getting the playoffs is like a seventh seed and a 10th seed, then like you have the perfect space to rest. So that's just what I wanted to throw out there. I uh, love what you guys are doing. I appreciate the take. I, I don't even have a, a response because I'm trying to think about what we need to think about this one, Don, you, you've, you've given me, you've given me thoughts. So I'm going to need, uh, I, I, I have six hours of driving tomorrow. So, so that, that will be rattling around in my brain. Well, c- congrats, um, on, hey. congrats on the Fauci Yachi, man. That's right. We'll, we'll see if, <laughs> if, if, say if, if... <laughs> Cheers, guys. Thanks so Texas, the state of Texas, uh, everyone, you know, pretty much is qualified to get the vaccine. I think it's March 29th. Um, and afterwards, yeah. So it, it seems like fans by playoffs might be a thing. Um, for for at least Texas teams um, now you know there's there's more that goes into that for sure and um, but I, I mean I would not be surprised to see maybe not full capacity 100 percent but way more than just 4,000 come playoff time which you know I... oh no question I mean like don't be wrong I want to see AAC you know bounce into whatever ridiculous shot Luca hits I just feel like this seat like everyone said that the bubble uh, playoffs was going to be like the asterisk championship. I think this season's going to be the Astros play like championship because it's just like there's so much weird stuff happening, especially with what happened to us earlier this season and just like the weird injuries that are happening and just like uh, everyone's having to do these weird load management kind of moves and the bogus or just absolutely insane trade deadline that we just had that was more than just like cap space moves. Like this season feels so weird and not to mention like the amount of blowouts that are happening this season. So uh, I don't know. I just feel like, like this season, if there's going to be a season to write off or to take it easy on your young star to rest him to, you know, and we're still in the playoff hunt. I kind of see the strategy there. Yeah. I, I, man, I, I, I agree. Uh, also, someone, someone just tweeted back at me uh, about how Jordan, <laughs> Uh, played you know 81 games out of 82 in a season which is you know great for jordan that's why he's you know, playing 40 <laughs> minutes a game well uh, it's sponsored by time. jordan now so he must yeah. be jordan now yeah. uh, by the way house mavericks, one of, house mavericks one of my favorite follows on twitter uh back at your <laughs> serious face thank you guys so much i'll, I'll get off and let somebody jump back sure on thing buddy awesome but this well, schedule is so much different than any other nba season ever yeah um it's like even lockout years, they didn't, I mean, they didn't try to condense it to this degree. Um, yeah. So yeah, you, you really got to just think differently this season compared to any other when it comes to definitely rest and just making sure people's bodies are right. Um, yeah. So it's, again, it's it just sucks tough to lose. Yeah. It sucks to lose, um, especially, you know, winnable games. I keep saying that this Pacers team is better than their record. So yeah. um, well, absolutely. Zach, Zach Davari in the chat just noted, like, the Lakers are losing to the Cavs. And, like, when you see stuff like that, it's like, oh, come on. And I get it. I, I, I don't know. We're just – we're really kicking the crap out of a dead horse. But that's what group therapy is for, is complaining. Um, I'm going to bring up a couple more folks, then i got to get out of here. Uh, Brandon, how are you? If you unmute, you can uh, speak your piece. You've been waiting a long time. 
Here we go. All right, can you hear me? Yep. Okay, yeah, I first of all, I agree. I feel much better than I was earlier. Um, <laughs> I'm <already>. glad. <laughs> um, no, I just had a quick thing while we were talking about passing. Um, I just fi- I just find it a little funny, and I, I get it because I know KP, he's – you know, he's an off-ball finisher. You know, he's not really a creator himself. But I just find it funny the other night when he was talking about he feels that this team is at its best whenever the ball is moving and whatnot. And I know some people thought that was a low-key shot at Luka. I I think that was just reading too much into it. Yeah. But we finished tonight with 17 assists on 39 field goals. Yeah. Less than half. With, uh, with uh, KP taking 28 of those. So I just find yeah. that a, a little funny that he's not really getting into the ball. Movement. Yeah. I mean, the, the stuff with KP becomes it's, it's the dead horse in the sense that he thinks he can create his own shot. <laughs> he cannot. I mean, he did do some stuff tonight that I was pretty psyched about. There was one, there was one free throw jumper where he got some bonus in the air, drove left and then finished with like a nice little touch at the rim Late in the game, he got blocked from behind by Miles Turner where he drove left and almost got to the rim. Where I'm seeing there were more things tonight where it's like you're seeing a little bit of the onion getting peeled away. So it's, I don't know, it's it's so tough with his game. Um, what else you got for us, guy? Because I should absolutely go to sleep. <laughs> no, that, that was just it for me. But I mean, K, KP, as we said, you know, he's, he's inconsistent on offense. If you can just anchor down on defense, I'll take the highs and the lows. And he did do better tonight, though the whole team forgot to rebound in the second half, which was fun. That, yeah, yeah, that's true. All right, well, thanks for joining us. All right, Josh, how are you? Josh, you got to unmute yourself. Sorry, I just took a no, bit no for to uh, bring me in. Oh, yeah. um, but thanks for having me on. So, uh, I, so this KP game is kind of frustrating to me. Sure. Uh, I don't know why. Like, why can't he do this when Luca's on the floor? <laughs> well, and no smart part because if he shoots twenty nine times, then the Mavericks have like. Oh wait, he shot twenty nine times. He shot twenty nine. No, twenty eight oh. times. Excuse me, twenty eight. And so, granted, one guy uh, in the chat pointed out earlier. Sorry, I can't remember who it was. Um, pointed out that like four of them were like tip tip type shots where he's going for offensive rebounds, and that's true. So let's just shave some of them off and say, you know, he took twenty four shots. I don't know, but. He still right. shot the ball enough. But, like, the <laughs> rebounding alone, I, I would love for him to do that more consistently. Just, ugh. Yeah. No, I mean, like, we're seeing so, – so I think the big picture thought has to be with KP, if you're taking the optimist view, which is not my default, but the optimist view of KP is that when you look at where he was today, so today is the 26th of March – if anyone remembers the the, what, the the Valentine's Day game where they lost to Portland really late, where Dame just had some late, you know last second murders, the Portland game after that they sat him for four games, um, and I think physically he is moving so much more confidently than he was even a month ago. I, I he probably you know this guy is one who is very I don't know sensitive is not the right word. He wants to prove people that he can play. And so he might, he came back earlier than he probably should have because the Mavericks needed him. I think that's fair to say now. So he's doing better. It's my consistent challenge as as a game, as a guy who lives play to play is understanding that, that we need to have him right for the right series. 
But then you look at it from the other point of view of, hey, guys, we kind of need to get to the playoffs before that series matters. <laughs> and, yeah, right. and, and we're not, you know, I think we'll make the playoffs because the, the schedule is easy. But that's also a sense of hubris that I don't really want to have, you know? Yeah, especially if we keep on sitting like star players. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, how, how else did how did the rookie do? Sorry, I didn't mean to ask like two, but like how, how did the fun. rookie do uh, in this game? Josh Green looked like Josh Green, where he attempted to do a lot in a little bit amount of time, and I don't know how to judge him. Uh, Hinton was somebody put something across my timeline. Ah, the like something along the lines of. You know, another game where where Hinton gets a shot up as quickly as humanly possible, which made me laugh. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It's just that they they there's gonna be one of these games, and maybe it won't happen until May, whenever seedings are a little more clear. But there's gonna be a game where all the rookies play a ton. It's just the nature of it. Like I once wrote about the worst game I ever saw, where uh, it was like 2005, 2006, something like this, where the Mavericks played all like they were just trying to make it to the playoffs and they played uh who is a Pavel but put how do you say his name gosh like uh, he was like seven foot five he was enormous um and then they like like it, it was they had all big men it was like four big men and, and uh uh Raleigh Marshall it was just a horrendous basketball game because they were just trying to make sure everyone stayed healthy we're gonna get one of those games with the rookies it's it's gonna be fun so so you know we'll have that to look forward to eventually all right can't wait for it okay guys I appreciate everyone here we have fun in these I feel better about them after every game um you know Josh will one day come back and and you know he keeps making fun of me because I have an iPhone but you know what we're the ones that get to have fun on the app uh, we'll be back again tomorrow night with one of these after the game because it's not like I have a real life. Um, basketball is pretty much it. And if you can rate, subscribe, though I know all of you probably listen to our podcast, go ahead and down the, download this one and then mark it as played because those help me. All right, folks, this has been Kirk Henderson and Brian and Tim and about 14 other people on Mavs Moneyball After Dark. We'll talk to you tomorrow. 